Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael. I am a chaser, and today I am a, a calm, cooling rain sweeping across the American West Coast to put out all the fires, like the end of the Lion King, when everything just sort of <laughs> magically goes back to normal. Oh, that is oh. that is my greatest wish for today. I am Don Marshall. I'm a big fat chubby guy living here in Hollywood, and I am the 2020 elections going the right way this year. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Positive thinking. Uh, my name is Dan Oliverio. I'm a chubby chaser, author, public speaker, uh, and I have bouts of feeling like that fire tornado. I thought that was incredible. Um, both, <laughs> oh. just the. I'm so sorry, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's been feeling the effect of that, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So it's me now. <laughs> I am uh, Trevor Kizan. I am a super chub, and I am um, the ominous red sun looming in the sky. You make a great uh, pair. Yeah, just apparently. Wow. You think it's not that bad outside, and then you see me, and you're like, "Oh, that's it's, not good." It's two symbols it's of hope worse. and two symbols of doom. Welcome to your yes. podcast. <laughs> we pretty we're, much live in more balanced here. show. <laughs> <laughs> How is everyone doing? All things considered, not too bad. Yeah, I'm a little scared at how normal this is becoming to feel. Mm. Oh, it's, Jesus Christ! It's. Uh, I was thinking yesterday in my um, in my shower thoughts. Um, like, so that it's, we're just in the end of the world now. Like, and that's just, that's just how it yeah, is. That's just, remember earlier this year when it was Australia that was on fire? Well, now it's our turn. So with that lovely image, uh, <laughs> Yay. Who but we're fine. Everything's fine. The world is burning, but everything's well, okay. The world's burning, but that doesn't stop the mail. That's just the government <laughs> trying to do that. Good, good segue, Trevor. Good. Well done. Do we have a ladder? Let's cue that mailbag. Um, we had a listener write in a chaser, actually, which I, we always love to hear from our chasers. Um, and in response to last week, actually, we had a mailbag about uh, how to optimize your profile for online dating. Um, and he wrote in asking... He says, I am a chaser of super chub guys, 500 pounds plus. Uh, and when I go onto pages, many of these men, uh, of many of these men, I find that many of them list their interests as gaming or into other fantasy series and comics. I personally am not into these things and I can't talk about them, but they don't list any other interests to connect with. Uh, do you have any strategies on how to begin conversations with super chubs that don't revolve around their listed interests <laughs> and things that I can't talk about? How do I find out their other interests so I can be begin conversations? <laughs> Um, I'm laughing because it's it's very similar to me because as you boys know, I'm not really that much into a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the nerd stuff. And yet, yes, people absolutely post that on their profile because that's what they're into. So I am not unfamiliar with this phenomenon. I'm laughing because it it's not a question of, okay, they list this thing. I don't know anything about that thing. So we can never talk about that thing. That's not how conversation goes. Another purpose of the question Maybe you don't want to start here, but if if things are getting pulled into comic books or video games or something that they're not comfortable with, 
you know, you can ask questions to learn about it. Mm-hmm. And you can ask, yeah. you can ask a question. I mean, believe me, I, I have been on this end of the story, as you guys know, many times where you're going, oh, yeah. what, what do you, you know, you, they just, they just, you said, what video games do you like? And they just listed three titles I've never heard of. And I'm saying, oh, so what do those have in common? Or what is it you like about those? What do you, re-, you know, so try to get questions about what they're into rather than listing a bunch of subjects that you're right. You don't know the, what the nouns mean, you know? Yeah. And my, my little bit of advice is like, yeah, you can ask questions to learn more about them. And I think like for for the child, you know, for I guess it doesn't have to be the child for the other person out there who's listed their interest as let's go with video games. Uh, if somebody's not necessarily informed about games, talking about the theme that like the themes mm-hmm. or the the stories or the type of game that you like can be a lot more interesting and engaging in a conversation as opposed to talking about game mechanics or, you know, this is the kind of, you know, it's a shooter and I like going into this one section of the map to do, you know, so I can camp and snipe. Like that's not going to engage somebody who's not a gamer, but you can talk about some of the thematics. You can tell if it's a story-based game, you can talk about why you like the story. Mm -hmm. And that is a way for somebody who's not necessarily connected to the subject to still have something to relate to. Absolutely. Yeah. I have one little bit of advice on what not to do. Oh dear. Do not pretend to be the interested novice if you are not an interested novice. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, Hmm. Because those of us who list things like video games and comics and anime, if you ask us what we like about them, if you ask us like, oh, I'm thinking about watching an anime, tell me like a good one to start with. We are going to tell you and we're going to tell you at length because it's something we like. And if you are not actually Mm -hmm. interested and you're just trying to get in our pants that way, we're going to bore you to tears. I promise you that. And that's kind of my point coming back around to this is why aren't you interested? Um, You know, you're not going to, you know, most 500 pound, if you're into 500 pound guys and this chaser is, you know, they're probably not listing spelunking and touch football as their hobbies. And sure, you know, you you may get a lot of stuff that you as a chaser are not familiar with either because of age or because of just lifestyle. So my my thing is, well, get interested because as you as this guy points out, five hundred pound chasers, yeah, there's a commonality there. There are things that really big people tend to enjoy because it's easy to enjoy. Uh, and I'm not saying that yeah. I'm not saying that all five hundred pound guys are, are video game people on the couch. That's not my point at all. But I'm just, no, I'm, yeah. ju- I'm just saying that, you know, if you are running into this over and over again, guess what? You're running into it over and over again. <laughs> Trevor and I are pretty remarkable in that we're highly compatible and have almost well, very few tastes in common. Would you agree mm. with that, Trevor? Like, I still don't understand uh, if someone said, what hmm. kind of video games does Trevor like? I'm like, well, I think I caught him playing this game once and this other game once. Like, I I, I don't have any, fac- that's not, that's not what our relationship runs on. Our relationship doesn't run on a lot of interests in common. And if, when we try to watch a movie together, oh, that's about a 10 minute search to find something we both want to see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I think that that also like that becomes the next question of like, there are a lot of other things that create a relationship or good chemistry. And sometimes like if you don't have all your common interests, like a lot of times it's, you know, your personalities mesh really well or you operate in the world very similar ways. And like you interact with other people, like imagine it wasn't 2020 and you were going out on a date somewhere like you can. Inter- like there's a lot of other stuff to dating and getting to know somebody that aren't just common interests. So, you know, it's not that you, it's not that that's the most important thing, but I think it is less common. I would say that Dan and Trevor are probably the outliers in that sense. Like, I will I think say though, I've had conversations with people like in their late forties 
that have been in relationships for a long period of time, right? Uh, that are geeks and their partners are not geeks. Yeah. And I've, I've heard a couple of them express some real regret that like they can't share the things they're most excited about uh, as far as those passions go with their partners. Um, but those people have, I, I don't know. It, 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 yeah, it's but you know, not that, that they regret being in that relationship. It's just, you know, that, that pain that your favorite book is something that they'll never understand. You know? Well, and, and I went through that. I, for example, I would love if Trevor liked alcohol, like wine, fine wine, fine cocktails. I would love to share that with you, Trevor, but we all know that's not going to happen. And I have an mm. unusual degree of sympathy because I used to be that guy in the relationship. I didn't drink until after I was 40. So when Trevor says, no, I don't want that. I'm like, yeah, okay. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so it's, I, I completely get where he's coming from because I used to be that and that's fine. Can I share a quick video game aside that's been on my mind lately? <laughs> yep, let's hear it. Okay, Dan, so, you can go use the restroom if you want. <laughs> <laughs> my roommate got a hold of a uh, this this Oculus, right? It's like a virtual reality thing that you wear and you play games on. And mm-hmm. uh, the game I've been playing is this thing called Beat Saber, which is basically Dance Dance <laughs> Revolution with swords, right? In VR. <laughs> and v- in VR, right? It's like these big laser boxes fly at you to the rhythms of music and you have to cut them in half at the right times, right? Um, yeah, throwing a little Fruit Ninja in there. Yeah, a little bit of Fruit Ninja going on. Now, I've been playing, and I I play by myself in the living room, so I allow myself to get a little crazy with it. And I'm like, it, there's good music playing. I've got swords. I'm slashing things. I'm going to be dancing while I'm doing it, right? <laughs> so I'm bopping around. It's like a full-on dancing workout for me. It's dancer size with lightsabers. It's awesome. Uh, but I live in terror that someone's going to like watch me through the window doing this. Um, I mentioned you can, that you to could f- probably you could probably sell that on like Patreon. Yeah, as a, oh, as totally. A That's what I, I made a joke to a friend of mine that like, oh god, I really hope no one ever sees this. He's like, I would pay money to watch you on absolutely. And like, can I just say, can I just say personally, there is nothing more beautiful than watching a fat guy dance. Oh my god, that is like that is like poetry. It's like watching poetry. It is like looking at cognac being poured. It is gorgeous. All right. What do you think, <laughs> listeners? Should I be starting an OnlyFans channel where you can watch me play da- beat, uh, beat Saber? <laughs> Not Dance Dance Revolution. That, <laughs> too much sweaty going on. All right. So uh, do we have a- Yeah. Uh, so we've got, we've got tons of stuff to get to. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, first up in our the world of pop culture, um, I think a listener sent this in actually. Um noticed uh, an article. So we talked about Paul Walter Hauser earlier this year, a few times, actually. He was in um, Richard Jewell, a uh, fantastic actor, fat actor, um, has a recurring role on um, Cobra, uh, Kai. Cobra Kai. Yeah, which I think which is in I season just finished three watching, now. Actually. Oh, really? Oh, you did? Cool. Yeah. I, uh, so what did you think? I actually really like the show a lot. Oh, um, good. I was really surprised by that. I wasn't expecting to get that into it. Um, it is like for those of you who watched the karate kid at a young age and sort of it landed right for you, you know, and it just mm-hmm. it felt like that the right movie. This is the right sequel to it. And Paul Walter Hauser plays uh, a very chubby, uh, what do you call it? Home Depot employee that helps mm-hmm. Johnny find the stuff he needs to uh, rebuild his dojo and then ends up do- joining the dojo as its only adult student. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I was going to say, how how is the character treated? I mean, given as far as representation. It's thoughtful. Um, and th- I think what's more interesting about Cobra Kai is he's not the only fat character 
in oh, the show. Oh, okay, good, 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 good. Um, one of the the second student that Cobra Kai gets is a fat girl from the high school hmm. who's just treated hmm. like shit, um, and she turns out to be good at what she does. Right, Great. she's good at karate, mm-hmm. but because of where she's taught, like the nice sort of introverted fat girl who was sort of taking all the abuse not only reverses it and starts going outwards, but she starts becoming abusive. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. never like it's, but in a human way, she's yeah. not just a two dimensional bully. So I watched, I haven't seen the whole show, but I watched just to kind of get a sense of it. Like basically like a highlight reel of mm-hmm. like, it was the best moment. Paul Walter Hauser's best moments or stingrays best moments, uh, in the show. And, um, he did it from what I saw. There weren't like, there were definitely a lot of like, he is playing a funny character, but they weren't fat jokes. Like they, he's, oh, he, yeah. yeah so like, That's true. The, and there were opportunities for fat jokes that they didn't tell. I think, and there was one scene, there was the last one that was in this little reel where there's like a fight that breaks out uh, at the school and he basically has to like jump in and help break up the fight. Although I don't know that he really does that. He just sort of joins the fight. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's actually a plot point. He's not, he's not breaking up the fight. He's walking around beating up Miyagi-Do students. Right. Mm. Um, But he is shown to be in a one take, by the way, shown to be extremely effective. Like he's going in doing all these moves and None of them were fat jokes. They, he's just going in, yeah. being an adult, beating up kids, which I'm sure has consequences. <laughs> that's another. Um, yeah, that's something else entirely. But like it was it certainly could have been that and it wasn't. Um, yeah. And actually, there is a there is a competition in the second season uh, where it's like a battle royale, sort of like all of the, the Cobra Kai students have to go up against each other. Um, and his participation is. uh he does extremely well because he's smart. Mm. Like he is sly in his fighting. Nice. And that's a pleasant surprise. So yeah, yeah he's, like he's not that. just the book. Bu- he's not, he's not the, the joke. He's not the pillow and he's not the bulldozer. So yeah, smart, smart's a good change. Cool. Well, we've got a lot of other stuff to get to. So, um, Trevor, I think you found this or did somebody send this in the article about Barbie? Uh, I saw this cause it was a uh, trending on Twitter. Um, so there's a feature in LA times about, uh, Barbie Ferreria who was in euphoria, uh, on HBO. Um, mm-hmm. and she's in a new movie on pregnant. Um, but the, the features is kind of an interview with her talking about her role on euphoria, um, which euphoria is an a, HBO show. And she's a fat actress or a plus size fat model actress, or? plus size model. She got her start modeling, I believe for, um, American apparel. It's it's really interesting kind of seeing her journey because I feel like she's still really young to have gotten to the place that she's at now where I think she still struggles with like the negative feedback that comes from just being a public figure and online, mm-hmm. but also like fairly self-assured and like taking on roles that aren't just, you know, the the fat backup character, kind of like what we're talking about where Paul Walterhouse's role could have been, mm-hmm. um, or certainly roles that he's played in the past, but like also playing like in Unpregnant, uh, her, her character's weight isn't addressed at all. It's mm-hmm. just, she's just playing a character in the movie. Yeah. Who happens um, to be, who happens to look exactly like she does. Yeah. 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 Which is awesome. I, um, I that's think, on HBO Max. I think the thing that really, jumped out at me about that the piece in the times the los angeles times is that she transitioned out of modeling when she was out of modeling and into acting she was 
she was getting these plus size gigs and she was signed to the plus size division of Wilhelmina Models. And for people who don't know, Wilhelmina is a very high end modeling agency. Um, and the, the fact that they have a plus size division is sort of funny, but good. It's like, okay, it's segregated. <laughs> it's segregated. something. It, well, like, yeah, it's one that they have it. Yay. But two, that it's like this segregated division because we can't let them mix with the normal models. But, right. Okay. So she's, so she's at Wilhelmina plus size division. And at some point they tell her you're too fat. You need to lose weight. What? <laughs> and I'm like, and that's, and, and to her credit, that's when she said, okay, I'm out of here. Bye-bye. And right. she started going into the world of uh, of acting and films. I think the article itself in the Times, like Dan said, is really it's 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 substantial. Like it's a really interesting, yes. in depth interview with her and about her career and her trajectory. And I thought it was just really well approached as, as articles yes. like that can be. And I think it's it's definitely worth giving a read to. Um, and there's speaking of reading, there's a book coming out soon that that you keep an eye yes. out for. Um, so we featured some stuff from your fat friend in various episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, and they announced that they wrote a book and it's coming out in November. And um, your and, fat friend is a, is a blogger or, or, a uh, an anonymous blogger. Um, but the book is called, uh, what we don't talk about when we talk about fat. Um, and it has advanced praise from Julie Murphy, from Sophie Hagen, international uh, comedian and fat activist, um, Roxanne Gay, Lindo Bacon, the luminaries of the fatosphere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Julie Murphy wrote uh, a deeply articulate, validating and empowering read. Aubrey Gordon pushes the envelope beyond feel good Instagram body positivity and calls for structural change in our thinking, understanding and treatment of fat bodies. Your fat friends need this book, but your thin friends need it even more. What I love about your fat friend, uh, the, their, their writing is it is accessible to everyone, but I think it is especially accessible to give to your thin friends. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Which is helpful because um, there's always that like awkward hesitation of like, even if somebody wants to be an ally and doesn't know where to start, like how, where, like how does that awkward gap get bridged? And I think it's, it's authors like this who can actually access people from that mindset in an approachable way, which is extremely helpful. Yeah. And, you know, some, some of the, one of the biggest criticisms and justifiable criticisms is that chasers are not better allies. And I think if you're a chubby chaser, pick up the book. We are not getting any money from this book. I'm just saying, pick up the book. <laughs> yeah. If you really, if, if to get a better sense. And even if you're a gay male chaser and you're not going to be dating women and you think, well, you know, it's a female author, it's a lot of female issues. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it is, you know, fat is a feminist issue, but it is not unique to women. And if you're a chubby chaser, I don't care what gender you're pursuing. This stuff is going to come up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, her book is out on November 17th of this year. Uh, you can find it pretty much anywhere books are found, including Amazon, Barnes and Noble, etc. Yes. Nice. Uh, Do we have something so, Watch this week? Yes. Rolling we right along. Let's go Watch. It's, it's, <laughs> it's starting. It's happening. It's here. It's happening. It's now. Watch 2020. So, uh, Lizzo won some awards at the uh, 2020 iHeartRadio Awards, um, which were digital this year because uh, it's 2020. Nothing's happening. <laughs> Lizzo won Best New Artist and uh, Song of the Year for Truth Hurts. Hmm. Um, I went through Dropbox and watched Lizzo's uh, speech and it was very nice. 
Thank you so much for this award too. I'm so excited right now. I can get so lit. Thank you to all of the fans who supported me and who discovered me and made this last year unforgettable. Um, y'all, I need to get in the studio right now because y'all making me feel like I need to put some new music out right motherfucking now. Sorry for cussing, but right now. So thank you so much, man. Y'all making my dreams come true. You putting a smile on my face and uh, new music to come. So get ready. Yay, Lizzo. Yay, congratulations. Um, but something else that is, I think, even more exciting is um, Lizzo is going to be part of the Virtual Forces of Fashion Summit, uh, mm. featuring people like Jonathan Anderson, uh, Sarah Burton, uh, Virgil Abloh, which I I just, I love that she's being included. Um, I love that, I mean, Lizzo's tiny purse. That is the most amazing thing <laughs> I have seen. So it's a quick summary. Of this is the forces of fashion summit, which by uh, the way sounds like an it sounds like a Marvel movie. The virtual yes. it sounds awesome. Forces yeah. of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> the annual gathering in which designers and creatives discuss the industry's current state and future will be held virtually on November sixteenth and seventeenth uh, this year. Uh, which is yeah, really cool that they've included Lizzo because obviously I don't think anyone forced them to do that, but um, she is a force unto herself. Um, yes. And I'm I'm curious what her impact is going to be if she'll like what she's going to bring to that discussion. The ass or the purse or something completely new. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she she is a whole damn meal, so she can just bring it all. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking um, of fashion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Segway. So look at that segue. <laughs> uh, we're talking about fashion this week. Yeah, and specifically, so on the show before, we've talked about kind of the idea of approaching how to how to present yourself and like how to be sort of confident or appealing to the people you're trying to attract. But this is more granular. This is more specific to actually finding garments and navigating the the what ifs and the how tos of of getting an interesting and good things to wear, or even knowing how to find those things. I have I have to say, so when we were in the group text when this discussion was starting, I was very hungry. <laughs> um, and also I I was hungry and I was making bread, but like the bread wasn't ready. So it was just this really, I was in this bad place. And I was like, what it, like why is this even a discussion? Fashion is dead. <laughs> the age of pants is <laughs> the age of pants is over. No one is dressing again. <laughs> The age yeah, of underpants um, has just begun. Yes. <laughs> it's very, very I will Tolkien. say like all of my ad feeds are filled up with t-shirts, shorts, and underwear right now. Oh, like, of course. Yeah. So not, so many tux, not so many tuxedo ads. Yeah. Uh, pajama pants. Mm. I mean, I think about pajama pants. When the time comes and you need <laughs> pants once again, how would you go about finding the finest fashionable pants for gentlemen of our larger sizes? Well, and can I just say, and, and I don't, you know, Having dated many, many fat men, I think a lot of people will agree with me that fat and pants are not a great combo, meaning that pants are just not designed for a fat body. But not all of us can pull off a caftan. Yeah. Pants are a scam. <laughs> we, we did have a we, we have a friend, a friend of the podcast who uh, is really trying to make the the business daishiki work at, uh, at meetings. Hmm, that's cool. It's basically some way, it's a way to dress up a muumuu in his mind, but 
Um, I want to wear togas. <laughs> togas. I think a toga would be fun. <laughs> toga would work, yeah. I had to do some pretty some pretty heavy research for this topic because I don't have a lot of hands-on experience with this. That's but the only kind of research we do on the show. Ha- ha- extremely hands-on. Yeah. Handsy is another way to describe <laughs> it. Um, so I, I have a couple I have a couple anecdotes here. Uh, I heard from one person, uh, I've bought maybe five articles of clothing in a store since I was 14 years old, uh, yeah. back when JCPenney was head of big and tall section. So like the idea that you're going into a store to go shopping is probably less of a thing um maybe you're going into dxl but that's a whole minefield well and can i say this about because i get this question a lot from from fat people about where do i buy clothes where does trevor buy clothes and the the thing that keeps coming back is if you go to let's say dxl online or whatever whatever the major because they've, they've kind of gobbled up everything else they've gobbled up rochester and mm-hmm. uh, rep mm-hmm. and i can't remember the other um, uh, another store mm-hmm. But the point is that, you know, when we go into the store in Los Angeles, there are a lot more interesting options available than if Trevor just goes online. And if you go online to, say, DXL or a lot of the big retailers, it's just going to be the thing of black, black, brown, navy, black, brown, navy, particularly if you mm-hmm. live in the East Coast. When I first moved to New York, I had trouble getting clothes because they didn't sell any color out there. For for fat guys, it is hard to find clothes. I don't think this is a controversial statement. Um, while some companies like uh, Target or Macy's may have big and tall sections, those big and tall sections often will only go up to 2XL or 3XL, which yeah. honestly is, you know, it's, that's only the scratching the surface of fat. Yeah. You know? Oh, barely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, honestly, like for someone like me, I wear 4XL or 5XL. Like going out and finding clothes, I have to go to specialty shops, which can be hours away, mm-hmm. which can charge $20 more for the same shirt that someone one size less than me wears. Or if um, you're in Europe, don't exist at all. Or don't exist at all mm-hmm. in some yeah. areas of the world. Which, le- you know, uh, the the store that most big and tall men have heard of is DXL uh, mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. Sort of a McDonald's of big and tall fashion. It's the only one that you can find in various towns. And their clothes, while they're at least colorful, and at least some of them are, they have some attractive things, Mm -hmm. you have to kiss a lot of toads there before you can find Prince Charming. And the likelihood that from one brand to the next that you're going to fit everyone else's definition of 4X across the board is almost zero. 3x in this brand 4x in this brand 5x in that brand and if it's god help me if it's coming from asia like 42x or something (laughs) i've had the issue of within the same brand like the same brand a t-shirt the size of the shirts of the same brand are not consistent Mm -hmm. depending on the t-shirt it the cut and sizing is so wildly different from the same yeah. designer. Yeah. <laughs> like the collar's different, but the shirt is a different shape and there's no real reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, well, to be fair, I, I found that too, just in clothes that I bought where uh, the pants in the, the jeans in black fit me this way, but the, the jeans in yeah. just washed denim fit me a completely mm. different way. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's just, that's a clothing problem uh, in general. But I, I, I think feel that, like it's more pronounced in fatter clothing. Oh, I'm sure you're right. Because yeah. significantly. It's, it's, well, because the, the, the scaling is different. Therefore, the problem is scaled up too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine got a blazer uh, that he ordered it in 6X. They actually sent him 
uh, uh, 7X, uh, but it f- it was maybe a 2, maybe a 2X. Like, it fit me well, better than it fit him. So I've run into that with, at DXL, and I found out it was, um, you know, it's a European company, but they don't state that anywhere. What is a European company? Yeah, you have to give us warnings about that. Because <laughs> it's 2XL from a European. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can use that as an oven yeah. mitt. And you do. I think yeah. I've given Michael a couple five X shirts that might even be big tight on him. <laughs> yeah, they're, well, they're fitted. They're you know I get <laughs> it's my version yeah. of slim fit. Yeah, I, but <laughs> you'll you'll find this up and down the clothing spectrum though. I, I yeah. you know I wear a, I wear a medium in Milwaukee. I wear a three X in Spain. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's vastly different. I, so, I think what what i think people are getting at is how do you adapt something to fit or how do you even find stuff because a lot of times people are using the internet as we talked about yeah but there's not a lot of selection on the internet as opposed to going into the store but you may not have the store accessible mm-hmm. i mean i think there actually is a a good selection on the internet but you know you have to shop at yeah a dozen different stores and you have to buy a bunch of stuff and just see if it fits and then of course, the thing that I've heard also is like you buy something and half of the things you get don't fit, but some of them are perfect. And then when mm-hmm. you go back to try and buy more of that one thing, they don't make them anymore. Oh, um, that's mad. Um, always. <laughs> that, yes. Uh, that's just the story of my life. Yeah. Something that I've done. So I either buy something at DXL or I see something where I like historically I know the the fit, whatever. So then I hunt down this item i search every other big and tall store i can find online and sometimes i'm able to find it through another seller but that is you know after an hour of like okay so i'm looking at you know this small kind of mom and pop big and tall shop has a website they're based out of connecticut you know (laughs) they have it listed but not in my size so i'm going to look at you know this dx or this uh, big and tall shop in boise (laughs) and they have it but it's not in stock yet. It's back ordered until, you know, October. You just have to but like maybe if I down. look at this place. Yeah. So what can what are the what are the positives we can focus on? What what pieces of advice can we give to people? I've got a couple things here, but I wanna I just wanna open the door to that because I feel like there's there are steps you can take. Maybe it takes a little more effort, like Trevor was saying, but you can I think some of these goals are achievable. Um, like for instance, Like, I think like if you're at home and you just need something casual, like, oh, if you want to go grocery shopping, you don't want to like squeeze into like a pair of jeans that never really fit you right in the first place. I think like there's always the comfortable solution of sweatpants, but I don't think anybody looks good in sweatpants. Like no, No, no nobody does. does. And I think an alternate for that, uh, this is what I was told. I've never heard him called this, but like they're called jog shorts, I think. And I think Trevor, you have some what jog shorts. Trevor, I think you've Jog been, like jogging? Yeah. And they're just, they're basically a very stretchy material, but you can get them, I think, like with a little bit of texture, like a different, it's not just one matte color. Like you can get like a textured material that's soft and comfortable. Trevor, I've seen you wearing these. They look kind of like leggings, but they're not full length, le- like the full length of your leg. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and basically, I kind of see it as like an alternative to wearing sweatpants where they're, they're comfy but they're more form fitting than like baggy sweatpants would be. Um, I will say, so I am perfectly comfortable in these. Usually they don't have pockets, um, which is the downside. Hmm. But I think, I think there's a probably a pretty even split of 
people that would be comfortable in them and fine versus people that it would be like, I have never worn anything this form fitting as a bottom in public. <laughs> what, if, what if you're a top? <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> Trevor, I'm, I'm actually, I mean, you own these and I'm trying to figure out what they are. Are, are these? So they're things? basically, they're basically sweat shorts. Basically. Well, no, I think Michael's mm -hmm. talking about things that I have that are basically like, I bought them as like bicycle shorts. Almost. They're like, they're like leggings, but they just come below the knee. Yeah. 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 Or even like right above the knee. I mean, oh, I, yeah. Depends yeah. On I have oh, some okay. that I wore, uh, it was last year. I wore them to Starbucks in Florida and this old woman, oh my God, she, I was in a, you know, a tight tank top on these and she was just glaring at me. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, Trevor? How dare well, you? Well, and because, because, you know, we're talking about fat men in spandex, which mm -hmm. that's a whole other show. And <laughs> I, I think Trevor's very comfortable in this. Trevor tends to like stuff that, I mean, you'd prefer snug to baggy. Am I right, Trevor? Yes. Yeah. Um, and especially because like with like, so I have some I know, baggier sweat shorts on now and there's just too much material. And I found like it snags on something or like I stand up and it's like caught on the chair. So it kind of like drags the chair a little and it's this big thing of like, oh, I'm just, I'm just standing up like I didn't knock anything over. Yeah, I think the idea that I was going for was something that is a little bit more. I mean, yes, maybe form fitting is not going to be comfortable for everybody, but something like, like I said, nobody looks good. If we're talking about fashion, like nobody looks good in sweatpants. That's just not a thing. But if you can get something that has like a texture to the fabric, that's not just a matte one color material um, and something that is like a little more form fitting. It's not baggy. Like Trevor was just saying can be a problem. It also doesn't look great. Um, if, if you're okay with wearing something that's a little form fitting, I think they are a much more like pleasing, like it's more of a fashion statement than just like a blanket. Like I'm just covering myself with something comfortable. Well, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. I don't know if we want to get into this in this episode, but dressing to express yourself versus dressing to hide. Sure. And to circle that back to, I think last week when we talked about what to put in a personal ad and what kind of pictures to pose, you don't have to do, you don't have to do uh, shirtless and you certainly don't have to do nude, but just having a, a garment that shows how you're built uh, which some people consider tight, other people consider it fitting, mm -hmm. uh, is is really what people want to want to see. What do you look like? What is your butt? What is the shape of your body? Mm -hmm. I think you have to kind of figure out like, okay, I am between you know this size and this size, depending on the brand. Um, my clothes in my current rotation come from at least five, six different places: mm -hmm. Bed Rhino, DXL, King Size Direct, Winston Box. I have like one thing from Amazon Essentials, big and tall, which a lot of people have been praising. So I'm curious if Trevor or Don have heard of a website uh, based, it's based out of the UK called Big Clothing for You uh, with a, mm. the number four and the letter U. Um, which I have. <laughs> you have. Yes. Um, so this was recommended to me by a listener. Um, the, the advice was like, there's a lot of stuff on there that's not going to, like you still have to do what you would normally do and kind of dig around for the right things. Um, and you still have to buy, it's basically like a aggregator, like DXL. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, some stylistically, some more modern stuff, like stuff that's not just like print tees. Like you can actually get some designs and patterns that are a little more, I don't know, fashionable. Yes. Yeah. I will say so with big clothing for you and bad rhino. Um, so they're both UK based, Providers, which means you are going to run into weird sizing stuff. Mm -hmm. 
and shipping costs too. Yes. Uh, The shipping costs, I actually, I got a bunch of stuff from Bed Rhino and the amount of stuff I purchased, I felt like the the shipping wasn't too bad. Mm -hmm. But then it was, you know, my first time purchasing from them. So I ran into the issue of this is nowhere near the right size. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to pay to ship it back to the UK. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I ate the cost of some of that. But it big clothing for you and bed rhino i would say are comparable to dxl in terms of being able to find like michael said modern stuff and i think we need to say that a lot of people say oh well you know how come designers don't make plus size fashion they do and a lot of a lot of designers uh robert graham and um tom ford they they do make plus size clothing but it does tend to chop off at three or four X and mm-hmm. what is three or four X is a whole other question. Mm-hmm. So yes, it exists, but it still may not be big enough or suitable. Yeah. One of the issues that I tend to run into a lot, I was going to save this to the end, but the things we complain about, but I've noticed if I buy stuff or buy a designer, they, the shirts they produce often aren't shaped for someone who is actually fat. Right. Mm-hmm. So like for me, a shirt that I'm, that looks good on me when I'm standing up will usually turn in, turn me into a sausage roll when I sit down Yeah, and uh, something that looks good on me while I'm sitting down turns into this big voluminous circus tent when I stand up. Mm-hmm. Well, something uh, that I've discovered again, cl- buying clothes for a muscular body. I have this problem all the time because for example, British designers tend to design for pencils. So yeah. everything is just a big box and that's not the shape of me and it's not the shape of Trevor. So I don't mm-hmm. buy British clothes because they never, even though I love a lot of the designs, uh, they, it just doesn't fit my body. And that was one of the pieces of advice I was given, which sucks because ultimately it just means that you're, you're having to pay even more for your clothes. But it was essentially, especially when it comes to pants, like get to know a really good tailor and yes you know you're you will inevitably if you if you care about your look to the degree that you really want to have fitted properly fitted clothing you're gonna have to get it altered um especially for like your your suits i mean suits everyone gets their suits altered anyway Mm -hmm. but yeah um yeah pants i would say especially you know jeans and stuff like that very universal advice i've always been given is that you have to tailor your pants yes and Mm -hmm. i resist it i don't want to but (laughs) <laughs> well, but, but, you know, look, let's right. look at that. If, if we go back in the olden days when clothes were actually made for individual people, they were tailored because, you know, your, your mom made your pants or you went to the tailor and they made your clothes. But so before the industrial revolution, then the industrial revolution came along and we had sizing. So we kind of equally fit only the center of the bell curve. Mm-hmm. And this idea that tailoring is a luxury Maybe we need to forget about that. Maybe we need to get to the point where actually all clothing should be tailored because it has to fit a unique body, no matter who that body is. Yeah. It's just that, you know, that's sizing doesn't really, sizing doesn't work for most people, but it really doesn't work for fat people. Right. A piece of advice that I I gathered was um, for for somebody who's shorter and more super chub sized, looking for things called that are labeled athletic fit, even though it sounds counterintuitive. Um, if you prefer pants that are going to be a little more fitted down your leg, as opposed to just a giant bags, um, they'll probably have, or they would tend to have a little bit more room in the waist, but then will taper after your knee so that you can get a little closer to something that's, that's better fitted so that if you get it tailored, 
um, you, you can be starting from a better base. Um, even though I, his point was like a, a lot of bigger people aren't going to be looking at something called athletic fit if it doesn't feel like it re- is relatable. Um, but that might actually provide a better a better fit for some people. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I've never actually seen an athletic fit piece. I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Well, and it depends what they mean. I mean, if, if this particular company means athletic fit means smaller waist, more thigh. Um, mm-hmm. Who know? Who or more? You know, more room in the thigh and ass, mm-hmm. which is usually what athletic fit means. Because what what you're trying to do is again to get a get away from that pencil cut, right? Which is what most high fashion is. Right, right. So wh- I want to talk about like what it, if you guys if we could each come up with one like wish list thing for finding actual uh, nice, like for the experience of finding a garment, whatever, in whatever part of that pipeline you want to pick, like, what would your wish be, um, to fix one of these problems? Like for me, um, I've got a couple here, but one of them that I, I thought would be probably the toughest to tackle, but also the most helpful would just be a different approach to sizing altogether where we're not, we're not lumping a bunch of people into four X or five X or six X, like instead looking at both like height and, and, parts of your body that might be different sizes um which you know it would it would make it more complex if you tried to cover all the way from extra small to to 9x but let's say it's a a big and tall brand that only goes from xl to 9xl well now you can look at like you know uh hip size bust size thigh size in addition to height as opposed to just calling it all like 5x or whatever Mm -hmm. i I think that would actually be even better for designers because, you know, a lot of, and this happens more in women's fashion because there's more variability in women's styles, and women's fashions. But I, I think a designer who wanted to design something that's very top heavy could then take advantage of this. Uh, what I'm saying is obviously, you know what works best for your body. You know where your body is larger and smaller. And there should be a way for designers to respond to this as opposed to just taking one generic design and scaling it up and down so it kind of fits nobody at the mm-hmm. ends at the extremes. Yeah. I would like to see more clothing that's designed specifically for fat people and not just adjusted from clearly a, a smaller design for quote unquote normal bodies. Mm-hmm. Like what I said before about the shirt, right? Like uh, when I stand up, it fits. When I sit down, it's just too tight across the midsection. Like if they just added another inch of fabric down below so to give it a little bit more of a bell rather than a pencil, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could sit comfortably. I'd be able to wear something that looks better in both positions. But right now, I pretty much have to make a choice with each thing I wear. Will I look good standing or sitting in this? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like an inverted V design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not something that's going to make me look like a refugee from a Jane Austen novel either. I don't want to be so what um, about you guys? What what wish would you so make? Something I want to see more of, which so you see that this in women's fashion where they will show what different sizes look like on different models. Hmm. And they will list this is what XL looks like on this person. Here's their stats or their measurements. Mm-hmm. Here's what 2X looks like on this person. Here's their stats measurements. Um and the only place I've seen this in men's fashion is a uh, one bone brand t-shirts. Hmm. Where it's basically a, I've, you've probably gotten Instagram ads for this if you're in the Chub Chaser world. Um, it is kind of a men's basic t-shirts designed for um, big and tall men. And it has a curved bottom hmm. to kind of 
uh, tackle the issue of, you know, when I raise my arms, mm-hmm. almost any shirt I have will ride up. Right. Um, and this has a little extra fabric kind of, and it's curved so that it will cover your belly if you are moving your arms around. Um, and on their website, they have almost every size that they sell. I think they go, it's like a large to nine X. Um, nice. And, you know, showing each different size and it has their uh, height, weight, and di- like chest and belly measurements. Very nice. Um, unfortunately, they, it's a black t-shirt that they're all modeling. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to get an exact sense of, you know, yeah. okay, how is, like, how is this looking? And it is kind of designed to be a, a drapier shirt just because it's to give you some flexibility in terms of movement. And it also is like a style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to see, like when I go to DXL, see a, you know, a 4X model wearing a shirt because... They do have big and tall models, but it's still usually the, you know, two to three X range, which it's gotten better. Yeah. But I still am like, okay, I don't really know how I will look in this because I don't see my body reflected in this store that's supposed to be for me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's that's really the biggest irony, isn't it? From the catalogs to the online models. It's for you, but you can't see yourself represented. Not even mm-hmm. close. Yeah, I looked up an article. It was like twelve, you know, best uh, big and tall retailers or, or brands, and every single one that I clicked on, first of all, almost none of them went above four x. Uh, one of them said they went up to eight x, and then I went on their website and it only went up to six, which is still better, but not as advertised. And none of them, not a single one, had a model that didn't look like me but tall. Yeah, it's big and tall, but we re- we don't really mean big. I mean, the fact that it says big, I mean, big should cover it, right? It should just be because big could be tall or fat. Yeah. And the fact that they say big and tall is just that they're continually apologizing for that. I think the two things that I would like to see, uh, one, I'm a fierce detractor of waistbands because they never work. <laughs> uh, so, and I realize that, you know, you don't want to wear sweatpants or some sort of uncomfortable elastic, but there's lots of ways to incorporate elastic into a waistband that can look tasteful. And in the case of supersized uh, people, a lot of times the belly is going over that waistband anyway, or if it's dress pants, you're going to wear a belt. So it's not like, it's not like uh, you need to, you need to hide it just because elastic isn't terribly flattering, but it's so useful. And then my other thing is I really would love to see a lot more color and pattern, just really boisterous stuff Yes, for, for mm-hmm. fat men. Um, I think the, the women have got a little farther on this than we have, but I think so many fat men are so conservative and that's, you know, that's a lot of who's buying the clothes. I get that, but there are still lots of big men in New York and Florida and wherever they may be. Uh, you know, my upstairs bedroom who would like to have have more color, more expressive pattern. And not just in Hawaiian shirts. Oh Oh my God. We're so sick of the Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. That's, that's such a cop out. That's such, that's yeah. Um, I think the fear is that like, oh, I don't want to look like a, a sofa pattern. It's like, you know, a lot of really good work has been done with sofa patterns. <laughs> don't don't well, honestly. Well, sure. Something yeah. I would love to see is uh, asymmetrical pattern design in shirts. Mm. I love seeing the the like a pattern going down one side of the body and then solid on the other. Yeah, I see a mm-hmm. lot of that for thin people. I see none of it for fat people. Mm-hmm. Can't find mm-hmm. it. I think part of that too is some of those really 
off the wall designs come out of fast fashion, disposable fashion, where it's it's anticipated that the customer will buy it, wear it for a few months and then get rid of it or it'll just go to the back of the closet. That's okay. They're going to buy something else because in a particular size, the clothing is so cheap, you can afford to do that because you picked it mm-hmm. up for 20 bucks, you wore it for three months, mm-hmm. now you're done. And I think that's, I think fast fashion is harder to do in 6X, in 8X. And most I, I people argue, don't, yeah, go ahead, Trevor, you're the guy. I would argue that all fashion over a certain size is fast fashion. Oh, okay. It is cheap, mm. it is disposable, it is just they're cranking it out and it is poorly made. And I don't know if it's that they think, well, either they're going to get fatter or they're going to get smaller, but they're going to need new clothes or who care. You know, I don't know right. what the logic is, but there is I was looking um, for, you know, ecologically responsible or sustainable uh, plus size clothing. And it really was like, oh, well, this brand, you know, they carry up to two X <laughs> <laughs> and your choices are black or brown. Yeah. Let's can we get oh, our no, awards, please? Were, <laughs> These were sustainable, you know, sustainable, responsible, fashionable companies. But of course, they only go to two X because, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it's uh, it you can't have everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've shared a handful of resources as far as like finding clothing. We'll have them all on the website. But there was one particular that was sent in by a listener uh, as our, our sort of tip for the week uh, that Trevor, yes. you have some experience with these people as well. Yes. Uh, so chances are. If you are big and tall in most departments, you're going to have big and tall feet as well. Um, <laughs> I have enormous feet. I wear 13 um, 6E, but this is uh, Hitchcock wide shoes. Um, mm-hmm. I think they are probably the best bet for um, one-stop wide shoe shopping. And they actually um, will kind of help you find your fit. Hmm. The first time I shopped from them, I believe I like traced my foot on a piece of paper uh and then scanned it and like sent it to them they also i don't know if they still do this um will send you a box that you step in mm-hmm. um hmm. and then you mail it back to them and they are like it's like filled with this dental clay yes yeah you make an impression in, <laughs> in lab coats with glasses analyzing <laughs> your footprint <laughs> But I would this man was calling carrying seven people when he stepped in this. (laughs) Um, I would not. I'm glad the listener suggested this because I would not have really made that connection to suggest to our listeners. Yeah. So they're, I think, originally and maybe still just uh, local to a place in Massachusetts called Hingham. uh, But they uh, have have seemed to have like built a brand, and it says on their website they're. Logo says Hitchcock wide shoes for men, but they have women's shoes as well. Yes. Um, but I think the idea was similar to what we've said before. Like they have a great selection. There's a lot of different stuff there. You can find some nicer shoes that are still semi orthopedic and like comfortable and supportive, uh, which is a big concern. Um, and you should be able to find something like there's a lot to yes. look at and there's a lot to pick from. Um, and like Trevor was saying, they'll they'll go to the effort of helping you find something that works for you that actually fits your foot. And it's widechoose.com. 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 Um, Don, do we have, I believe you've told us we have a bit for today. We do have a bit today. Today's bit is slightly competitive. We are <gasps> yes. we're not no. getting individual questions. I will lose first. I'm going to kick everyone else off the call so I can win. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the way it's going to work. I'm going to ask you a question, and it's not going to be multiple choice. Okay. 
Uh, if you know the answer, you're going to buzz in by saying buzz and lifting your hand. And if after nobody guesses for a second, I've got the first hint. Ooh. Then I have a second hint. Mm. Then I've got a third hint. And Very the way good. it's designed is each hint gets increasingly obvious. Okay. 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 Uh, all right. Here's, here's, our, here's our softball. So all of these questions have to do with men's fashion or, fa- or fashion in general. First question. How do astronauts do their laundry? First hint, it's actually kind of hot. This is a gimme. <laughs> um, I uh, buzz. Okay, we have Michael buzzing in. Uh, my guess is that they put it into some kind of chamber that just steams it entirely all around, so that it doesn't have to be turned or spun, or to, it's Man. not being soaked. Okay, incorrect. Second, second one. Uh, how do astronauts do their laundry? It's the best way to take care of odors. Buzz, Trevor, uh, they hang it out to dry in the sun. <laughs> it's something, something with they. They're and using they catch so, fire. Like, the sun. They're using the sun. You know what? I'm going to give that to you. Astro- astronauts. <laughs> the third hint, by the way, was you're going to burn up if you don't get this one. Uh, <laughs> they don't. They don't do laundry. They shove their clear clothes, their used clothes, out the airlock for it to burn up on reentry into the earth. Oh, oh my geez. god! I like. So I wait, like they the don't idea. do laundry. The answer to the, the answer to how do they do their laundry is they don't. They they do their laundry by shoving it out an airlock. And I mean, that's done. not doing laundry though. That's just kind of bl- like burning up your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. So the All method right. of the method of cleaning is cremation. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's clean. Boy, is it clean. Uh, all right. In the late 19th century, most urban centers were laden with unevil cobblestone surfaces. This made it especially difficult for cyclists in Boston, whose family jewels <laughs> suffered relentless boxing abuse. <laughs> what solution did C.F. Bennett invent to combat this? Huh. Buzz. All right. Uh, the, Dan? The jockstrap? Very good. Well Ooh, done. Wow. I guess to sort of hold the family jewels up out of reach of the bike seat. I mean, that's what it's for is to try and keep things snug so they don't bounce and get. Well, and also at that time, underwear wouldn't have been briefs. It would have been boxers. So there'd be a a whole lot of whole lot going on down there. So there weren't other choices for something like that. Okay, that's that's interesting. Question three. Abercrombie and Fitch allegedly offered someone a rather unique deal in 2011. What was that deal? Uh, I feel like I heard this. The person they offered it to was Mike the Situation Sorrentino from the Jersey Shore TV show. Huh. Buzz? Okay. Dan? A a crop top or a free crop top? I don't know. That is incorrect. Hint two. The deal did not involve a specific piece of clothing or a specific event. You should have told me that before. (laughs) (laughs) Hint three. Some people might call the deal a restraining order. Oh. Buzz. Trevor. They offered him money to not wear their clothes. That is correct. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> In 2011, the Wall Street Journal reported that Abercrombie and Fitch had offered Jersey Shores uh, a deal to stop wearing their clothes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, awesome. They, they, thought he was, they thought he was damaging their brand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that you know he would be because their Abercrombie and Fish's brand was like uh, very wealthy white New England jocks. 
Mm. You know, and he is not that. Nope. No, he is not. <laughs> Our final men's fashion question for the episode. What is a Canadian tuxedo? <laughs> a Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> Hint one. It wasn't invented in Canada. Buzz. Trevor. A flannel shirt. Nope. Oh, that is incorrect. <laughs> Hint number two. It's still usually thought of as a common fashion mistake. Three. Oh, um, the first. No, keep going. I'm, Michael half bust. I'm, I'm, I'm hmm. brewing. No, keep going. I want to hear okay. the next hint. Hint three. The first company to make one was Levi Strauss and Company. Buzz. Uh, Michael. Uh, a jean jacket with jeans. That is correct. Oh, ah, I got one. Ensemble. Yes. Uh, head wow. to toe denim. Uh, <laughs> it's suggested that the idea may have come from 1951 when Bing Crosby was uh, told he could not enter a Vancouver hotel because he was dressed completely in denim. Uh, <laughs> Levi Strauss and company heard about the incident and designed a special suit jacket made entirely out of their signature Levi Strauss denim complete with copper rivets and wide tuxedo lapels. Wow. Uh, and there's actually photos of that suit online. So you can go wow. find that if you want. Trevor, you have a big jean jacket, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like that jacket. It'd be on stranger you. if you had a small one. <laughs> He's got like a Lizzo purse sized jean jacket. I was going to say, he takes oh, yeah. his little purse. <laughs> you know, for when his mouse is cold. <laughs> well, thank you for spending yeah. another afternoon with big fat gay podcast yes. <laughs> if, if I we hope we've expanded your life in a beneficial way thank you Don uh, I had a great time yeah. <laughs> uh, well it's that time for me to stumble do the thing I do every week but social never do. media oh. roundup <laughs> we're on Twitter and Instagram as at big fake it every time yeah, every time we're on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram as at big fat gay pod we're on Facebook as the big fat gay podcast leave us five stars there Leave us five stars on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, uh, yes. wherever it is. Um, <laughs> check out all of the resources we mentioned on www.bigfatgaypod.com. Also, <laughs> Stitcher. Uh, I, it's there. You're, it's, maybe it's you're a listening thing on it. That people listen to. Maybe you're listening in uh, while you're shopping at DXL. At, at DXL. Um, and you look up mask. at one of the mannequins, <gasps> and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at another mannequin and it's Don and then it's the movie mannequin and uh, we come after you you have to drive so, us around the city on your Vespa both of yes. us so uh, definitely look out. To- look out <laughs> look out look out Look out, look, look out. out. One of those look will out. work. Everybody just look out. Look out. <laughs> look out. Keep looking out. I was, I was listening to everyone. <laughs>